welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, friends, those of you that are tuned in, thank you for waiting. We had some technical difficulties, and we don't know if it's because of the rain or what it is, but uh, thank you for joining our live interactive podcast here with St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. And as always, I am joined today by my friend, my colleague, the woman with the good shoes. Pastor Hi. Stephanie, how are you today? I am doing great. I'm so glad that people uh, hung in with us on Facebook Live for a couple minutes here because our uh, master technician is over there working miracles in the corner. So, yeah. Right. And so, Jeff, uh, are, are you able to speak yet and just give us a thumbs up? Or how, how are you doing now that everything's online? <laughs> <laughs> and of, of course those of you that are watching us you can yes. see that now we actually have another person joining our team i want to introduce to you our pastor of discipleship here at saint andrews reverend josh coach josh welcome to team stan drew thank you it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to be here uh typically doesn't the new guy get blamed for the issues technical problems sure. you guys can just blame it on me I was going to say, I appreciate you taking one for the team, but you know, yeah. one of the things that we know is sometimes just things happen. And so, uh, for those of you that don't know, Josh actually started last Wednesday and his first day in the office was not in the office. He was actually <laughs> at camp with our junior high students and we came home on Sunday yesterday. He was helping with a fundraiser for one of the missions that we support. Mm -hmm. And now he's here. And, and so gosh, Josh, it yeah. feels like, I don't know about you. Uh -huh. It feels like we were waiting forever for yes. this day to get here. It's like we've known yes. for 10 years and it, it finally happened. Yeah. We're so excited to have you. So how's your, how's your start been other than hot, sweaty, not sleeping in your own bunk and eating camp food? Right. <laughs> A little chaotic. A little chaotic. I mean, mm -hmm. day one in the office is what, day seven on the job or something like that? <laughs> That's right. Um, still don't have a desk, still don't have bookshelves. So We're trying. We have been trying. Recovery from pandemic. We we did not cheapskate him on this. He, he ordered the stuff at, like two weeks before your start date. Well, the, or no, they were going to deliver original it. original date they were going to yeah. deliver it was May 17th. So they're uh, they're a little bit behind. They're a little, maybe right. it'll be here in time for Father's Day. <laughs> right. So right. Josh, so. people don't know you. Tell them just real quickly a little bit about yourself, your yeah. family. You know what you would want people to know. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I'm married to Bonnie for uh, I guess 17 years awesome. in August. That's great. We awesome. have a 13 year old son Eli, 11 year old daughter Adeline. Uh, our niece, 10 year old niece, lives with us, Paisley. Um, been in ministry for like 20 years. Served uh, three different churches and and then an extension ministry of the. Yeah. Uh, United Methodist Church at Thoe U. Wesley, and so excited to uh, to be back in the local church and to be on this great team. And uh, we're so glad to have you here, and we will spend more time uh, introducing Josh, helping you get to know Josh later, but let's go ahead and dive in. This uh, last Sunday, we started a new series. Our theme for the year is Create. We looked at creation. We looked at God creating in us a clean heart. We looked at becoming new creations, and it just seemed appropriate that in starting a new series on Pentecost Sunday, we would talk about creating the church. 
And so uh, you kicked that off. Tell us a little bit yeah. about what you were thinking, and then we'll dive in a little more extra yeah. stuff. So I love this whole concept of create and how we've been able to really tie it in uh, all throughout the year. But for for Pentecost Sunday, it's just perfect. It's perfect to say creating a church. And then over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the book of Acts and what the creation of the church actually looked like. And so, yeah, but as we think about the believers all gathered in this one place and Jesus comes to them before he sends into heaven and says, do not leave here until you receive right. the gift that my father is going to give you. And then they watch him ascend and then they have conversation and they do other church-like things, but then they just stay in this place, and that's kind of where it all begins. Right, and so Pentecost Sunday is actually the day that we celebrate the birthday of the church, capital C, the Church Universal, mm -hmm. not our church. Uh, that started in 1993, but I, I love how you broke down the different parts of that passage mm -hmm. in the book of Acts and talked about it, and uh, starting off by talking about and they were all gathered to one place. And mm -hmm. I think the way that we're having to interpret that now, a little bit different than what it's been for the last yeah. you know, 2,000 plus years. Yeah. And yet there's still important things that can only happen when we're gathered together yeah. in one place. And that's one of the things we talked about was the fact that it's so important for us to never downplay what God can do when a group of believers are together. So many of us as Christians have memorized the verse that where two or more are gathered in my name, right. there I am also. And I, I think a lot of us, uh, in I'm sure it's not just in this day and age. I'm sure it's been this way throughout the last two centuries at times. But I do think there are times when we come to church and we don't expect God to do anything because church is just routine for us. And so we come and, and we forget that there is power when we gather together. Right. And that's so yeah. important. And I love how this one particular verse, the, the very first verse of chapter two says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Right. And and, and by all, it was not just the 12, because mm -hmm. in that little interim period after Jesus ascended, they did, you know, elect yeah. a replacement for Judas. Yeah. But this was the people that had traveled from all the different nations. These are faithful Jews mm -hmm. at that point, but they are Jews gathering for Pentecost that have mm -hmm. an appreciation and understanding that Jesus is a Messiah. Yeah. And yet, as you continue to read through that, there were more there that didn't believe in Jesus mm -hmm. as a Messiah than did. And that's why when the Holy Spirit's poured out, Peter has to explain to them, here's what happened. Here's this is what happening. the prophet Joel said. Yeah. But one of the changes for us today, of course, is what does it mean to be gathered in one place? Mm -hmm. And and Josh, I know you experienced this. You get to uh, campus on OU at the Wesley Foundation, and then this pandemic hits, mm -hmm. and we can't gather. And it, it has a big effect on us. One of the things that uh, I love is that, you know, again, I keep throwing this out there. We're on church. We're on site. We're yeah. online. And we're on demand. Mm -hmm. One of our online worshipers recently said, look, y'all been praying for me to find a church in the city I live in. And I, I missed a Sunday. And then I found out I could listen yeah. another day. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to be more aggressive in looking for a community of believers to join. But right. I'm still going to be on demand yeah. with, with St. Andrews. Yeah. But as far as online, um, have, have y'all had interaction with people or, and, and I'm thinking people in other churches mm -hmm. that have just said, our church is not going to do online. Mm -hmm. Have y'all heard that, read about that? You know, people ought to come to church and this is where they need to be. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to do online or 
they went online during the pandemic, but they would say, pandemic's over now, we're not doing online anymore. Have mm. y'all heard about this, thought about this? Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talk about it, um, mm-hmm. about de-emphasizing uh, online um, opportunities mm-hmm. um, for worship and for discipleship and for community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know of any specific examples mm-hmm. of, of churches or ministries that have, um, you know, started to de-emphasize online. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, too, that, that I've heard in regards to that is that it's difficult to do some of the things apart from each other that right. we do together, like the breaking of bread and sharing of communion and uh, baptism, that kind of thing. And And I've been in some conversations with pastors who are very passionate on both sides, right. some who right. are very passionate that, yes, we ought to be able to offer uh, communion to people who are watching with us online, they ought to be able to go to their refrigerator and take out a drink and some bread and take it alongside us, even though we're not together. And then I've heard people on the far other side who said, absolutely not. We need to partake of this together. So it it causes some interesting conversations. During the pandemic, I remember uh, a United Methodist bishop out of Texas had said, uh, churches, we want you to encourage people to do online communion. Mm-hmm. You know, as families gathered mm-hmm. in homes, you take your own uh, bread, your own grape juice or wine. And right. uh, whenever the pastor's praying the prayer of consecration over the elements, that will extend. That bishop then came back and said, I regret ever having said mm-hmm. that. And, and it does create an, an interesting kind of tension because the sense of communion closely tied phonetically to the word community mm-hmm. is this is something that we share when we come together and mm-hmm. so our practice here at St. Andrews has been we're only going to consecrate the elements here mm-hmm. we, we feel like being gathered together in one place is important and yet we do understand that some people can't come that's whether we're in a pandemic or not you know mm-hmm. we have our shut-ins and we don't want them to feel disconnected mm-hmm. from this community of faith and so the way we have dealt with that is we have some elements that are on the table that are consecrated and uh, started a new ministry really within the last few months that people that are shut in, if you want us to bring you communion, let us know. And somebody will come out of the worship service and they will serve mm-hmm. communion to you. So that part of it we fixed. But there's another one. I haven't figured it out. Maybe y'all have figured it out and are just too nice to tell me. <laughs> but baptism online. Mm. <laughs> have y'all figured Can we baptize online? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. And so the, there's some things that, that are best experienced mm-hmm. when we are together because they don't translate. Now, it's it's real interesting. Those of you that join us online, part of our online worshiping community, uh, you may recall or maybe you joined afterwards in the uh, during the pandemic. It just so happened we were preaching a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and yes. what that looked like. And there was one Sunday where we just really felt God calling us to minister to people. And so we we had some teaching, we had some preaching, we had some special music, but we were just praying for people with specific needs. And I did actually receive one email from somebody, and they weren't being mean, they weren't being ugly, but they just said, it doesn't translate online. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality yeah. for that person that didn't translate online. For other people, mm-hmm. they can connect that way. It's so interesting because I feel like uh, when I think about the original church and and what we're talking about here with the people gathered in one place, they were gathered in a different way than we gather as church right now. And, and I may go off on a little rant or get on my soapbox, which I'll try to step off of, but I do feel like currently church in our society has, has become very entertaining. Like right. there's a stage 
that's that, that signifies that's what that people call it. Yeah, it, you and know, they, it's not the chancel. Right, exactly. It's, that it that it's a stage, and and uh, that a lot of times we have opinions about the music, the preaching, whatever is said on the stage. And when I think about the original church, there there really wasn't a stage. There they gathered together to pray. They heard the scripture. They prayed for one another. They shared a common cup together. And it's interesting to me as we try to translate what they were doing then to what we're doing now. It, I don't necessarily believe that what we're doing now is wrong. It's just an interesting train of thought. For it's, me. it's different. Josh, I would be interested to know because I think you had just come to the OU Wesley and had maybe one year. Right. And then the pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. And, and so how did that affect community and what you were able to do? I mean, technically, yeah. we didn't call that a church, but a, right. if a church is a gathered people of God, mm-hmm. it was a church. Yeah, it had a major impact because I think campus ministry is that sense of community is probably more close to what they experienced 2,000 yeah. years ago in community. Yes, because for them, it, they didn't just gather for an hour on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? Their right. community was, they they did everything, right? Yeah. Whereas now we've our communities are so splintered. You have your neighborhood community, and you have your work community, and you right. have your church community, and you have your son's baseball team community, and mm-hmm. we've got yeah. all of these splintered communities. Whereas mm-hmm. for them, they that it was basically one community. It was a sharing right. of life together. Yeah, and and that's right. what you have on a campus mm-hmm. uh, in campus ministry is they're living together. You're gathering together not just for one day a week, but um, there's students in the building every single day, and so I mean all of that just shut down and. And we, we did the best we could. We met a couple mm-hmm. times a week on Zoom for Bible studies and stuff. And um, I was thankful to have that technology and to still be able to have a sense of community. But there is there is something powerful um, in with with our presence, right? Right. Um, that you know when when God realized or not realized, but when God sent um, some someone, right? He sent His Son. He didn't mm-hmm. send money or you know He knew that. <laughs> For us to be reconciled with him, for us to be saved, it was God's presence that God yes. sent. It wasn't anything else. And so I think we experience community maybe in a, a different way. I hesitate to say a deeper way, mm. but definitely a different way when we're gathered together as opposed to online or spread way out. Yeah, yeah here, I if I had preached this uh, you know, point, because I was trying to think, how, how would I relate to this? And one of the things I thought of was... Um, I can go to a football game, and it's a different experience than if I watch it on television. And I used mm-hmm. to, you know, it, it, I think when you're gathered together in community, it gives you the home field advantage. Hmm. If if everybody, yeah. you know, you know, you're on the campus at OU. If everybody at OU said, "Hey, this game's going to be on TV. I'm just going to stay home and watch it," then OU loses the home field advantage a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. now all the guests are going to come. Hey, you get tickets cheap. People that don't, you know, don't, <laughs> right. don't go to the game, and, and and when we stop and think about that, it's that little league community, that band community, whatever it might be. It's like, hey, we can capitalize on this because they don't do that mm. anymore. Yeah. We can take their time, we can take their money, we can take their gifts, we can take their yeah. resources, and that's not what God intended. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the gathering of community was such that God intends to do something when we show up, and I think that was the next part of your yeah. sermon about, well, let's talk about fire. Yes. Let's <laughs> talk about what it means to, to make fire. Yeah. And what do you need? Yeah, that next passage talking about the violent wind coming through and then uh, the, the fire and the tongue separating and seeming to rest on the people. I love it when God uses a physical representation
representation of a spiritual yes. truth. And he does that so much when we look at the physical world. We can see the way he's trying to illustrate who he is, how we relate to him. And this with fire, this was really that for me as well. And as I was doing research on fire and what you need to make fire happen, you need three things. Right. You need the ignition source, which causes the heat. You need the fuel, which is something that's willing to burn. And you need oxygen, not 100% oxygen, but a little bit of oxygen to make that work. And I love thinking about the fact that when God and people collide, there's that ignition source. Like it sparks something amazing when God collides with us. And then in order for that to burn, you need something willing to burn. And that really is our part. It's the fact that we are the the vessels that are willing to burn for him. And then oxygen, you know, going back to what the word spirit is translated from in the Old and New Testaments being God's breath or air, again, looking at God breathing his life onto us. The thing that it really did for me when I looked at this, because the fact that Jesus said, don't leave till you receive the gift. Mm -hmm. And so they just had to be there in that one place. And they just had to be willing in this sense to burn that a lot of times we feel like we have to conjure up God's presence or we have to say something special or do something special. And really in this, what he's showing is I just need you to be willing. I just need you to be there and be willing. Be open to be present. Yes, exactly. And then, and God is the one who, who ignites that he's the one that keeps it burning. And I love that. I love how the best ability is availability. (laughs) (laughs) Make yourself available to God. Yes. I, I love that. I've always told people, God doesn't care about your abilities. He gave them to you. Right. God doesn't care about your disability. God cares about your availability. Your availability. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm listening to the sermon, and bef- before you had actually gotten into it, I, I wrote the question. So you, you need heat, fuel, and oxygen, mm-hmm. and and what are those three things in the church? And mm-hmm. you you did spell those things out. Yeah. Uh, but I liked how you talked about when when God and people collide, mm-hmm. you know, that, that source of heat, yeah. that that's when fire starts. Yeah. And and that's why we need to have that experience where again, we're with people yes. so that we collide. Uh, and, and I don't want to say and there's a lot of friction when people collide. I mean that, you know, we're not colliding with each other, we're colliding right. with God. Yeah. That's when fire happens. We collide with each other. Uh, whew, that's not such a good thing. Right, a little right. Corinthian spirit there. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I watch, you know, Survivor. And, you know, on Survivor, they say fire means life. Josh uh-huh. watches Survivor, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I have never used a flint and a steel to make fire, but I'm pretty sure I would have a good chance yes. of getting it done because I've seen it done right, right. <laughs> enough. And so when you're talking about these three things are needed, that mm-hmm. that made a lot of sense to me. Right, that right. made a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. Well, and then looking at the final part of this passage, the last verse, verse four, um, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And we talked a little bit about the fact that this passage of scripture has caused some division among denominations. Some- I appreciated your boldness and saying that. Right. (laughs) Well, and I think it is bold. And I do think that it's important for us to realize that is not what the scripture was saying. The scripture doesn't go on to say, so in order to be filled with the spirit, you have to speak in tongues. What, What it's illustrating is that the spirit is the one that sees the need. All these people were gathered in one place. And the people that had come from all over that part of the world that spoke different languages were there for the Pentecost holiday, which was a Jewish holiday. And the need was they needed to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you speak in a different language, 
you're not going to be able to understand the good news of Jesus Christ. So the Spirit sees the need and then makes possible the impossible. And I love it that when all those people are there and then the people begin to speak filled with the Spirit, then the people who are there can understand. It It made it understandable. I, I thought that made a lot of sense, and I, I loved how it, it brings out the idea that when it comes to sharing the, the good news mm-hmm. that um, – God wants us to hear that. Yes, it, right. it's, it's not as if God was saying to the Jews, okay, only those of you that speak Hebrew or Aramaic right. are going to get this. All right. you Greeks and all you people from these other nations that I don't even never heard of. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's one more evidence that God God's heart is for all the nations. Yes. For, like throughout Scripture you see that, um, yeah. but it's, it's one more piece of the pie that this wasn't just – a small religion in a small part of the world for this group of people, but it's, right. yeah. Jesus came for all. Yeah, and, and and not just at that time. It continues right. to yes. to grow and and manifest itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love the idea that again this happens in community. Right. This happens when people are, are gathered together in one place. And mm-hmm. again, trying to reflect on this, one of the things I thought is you can have a group of people. Mm-hmm. But without the Holy Spirit, you don't have a church. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, your little league community, your friends at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can have a group of people, but without that oxygen, without that wind, without that yeah. breath, without the Holy Spirit, yeah. you don't have the church. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's a, it's the gathering, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Yeah. It's, it's not gathering in the name of coffee or football or right, you right, know, exactly. anything like that. It, yeah. you, you, you don't have the spirit without the Holy Church. And, th- and that's mm-hmm. what I love about the starting point. If we're going to create the church, we have to understand what separates the church from every other group right mm-hmm. off the bat is that primary ingredient. Right. You have to have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. And we looked at what does that mean for the church today? Because we're 2,000 years into being a church. And so we're, we're kind of grown up you know, yeah. and kind of kind of old too. And so what does that mean? And we, we looked at an illustration of Peter who was going around telling the good news, came across somebody who was paralyzed and the spirit in him saw the need and made possible the impossible, as Peter said, get right. up and walk. Then with Tabitha, who some people call Dorcas, either one is right, that she had died and Peter, again, the spirit in him saw the need, made possible the impossible. He he told her to come back to life and she did. And I think that translates to the church today because there's so many churches that are paralyzed. They're stuck and the spirit has the ability to help us walk again, help us find our footing, help us move forward. Same is true of churches that have died. The Spirit is the one who has the ability to say, come come back to life. And we, as the fuel that's willing to burn, have to be willing to do that and yeah. allow the Spirit to work in and, us. And obedience is the, the key to stirring the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit up individually, in a mm-hmm. community, in the church. Um, one of my favorite passages comes from Acts 5. I think it's verse 32 where it says the Holy Spirit is given to those who are obedient. Yes, um, and I, I think that. that the more obedient we are to God's call in our lives as the church individually, mm-hmm. the more obedient we are in making ourselves available to mm-hmm. God, the more we're going to see the power and presence of the Holy Spirit uh, active in our lives. Yeah, you know, so at good. the risk of sounding like a broken record, it's like I'm real excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah. In this series, yeah. and what things God will continue to reveal to us, yeah. and what kind of effect that's going to have on us for how we're a church. Definitely. 
Definitely. Well, friends, we're really glad that you have joined us today. So fun to have you with us, Josh. And Jeff, thanks for making all this possible for us. We are so grateful (laughs) to you. Friends, we would love to see you here at St. Andrews. You can join us in person, which we would love, 815, 930, or 1050 on Sunday mornings, or online at 815 and 1050 as well. We pray God's richest blessings upon you, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.